Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Former NHL and Team Canada goaltender Don Edwards. I say that only because Don will be understood. I mean, you, if, if, you, if you follow hockey and you know Don Edwards, and, and it for, for some reason it, it makes... It can make a more of a personal connection because we kind of feel like we know athletes because we watch them and we want to be like them. But uh, Don and his family have gone through an absolute horror for more than 30 years. His parents were murdered by one George Lovey in 1991 near Hamilton, Ontario. And we've talked to Don before, and, uh, but there have been developments now. Lovey had been dating Don's sister, Michelle, and when she stopped seeing him, Lovey sexually assaulted Michelle. A little background here. And then armed with a rifle, he waited for Michelle under her porch one morning. And when he emerged, Michelle ran to her parents' home with Lovey chasing her. Lovey broke into the home, sorry, Don and Tennis, and shot to death Donna Edwards and then stabbed Arnold Edwards several times, shouting, how do you like me now? George Lovey has been living under day parole for some time, maybe listening to this program right now, two nights per week at a Correctional Service Canada halfway house and five nights a week at an apartment he's rented. The Edwards family remains very much fearful of Lovey, who had a hearing scheduled for March 8th, during which the National Parole Board was to hear his appeal for full parole. Well, a great deal has happened in the past few weeks in this particular case. Don Edwards and his wife, Tannis, join us. Hi, Don. Hi, Tannis. Good afternoon, Roy. Thank you both for, thank you both for, for joining us. Um, what, what can you tell us about the status of Lovey's parole journey at this juncture and what happened on February 13th? Well, um, it was interesting. There was a parole board decision that we were unaware of. And in preparing for the upcoming parole hearing on March 8th, um, our statements for that hearing had to be in by uh, February 15th. When we got news that there was a uh, parole board decision uh, on that, there was uh, a great deal of, of information that came out that we were completely unaware of. And boy, did it spark our attention and uh, focus to detail now. Uh, we are all over this thing. We've, it's sort of been night and day um, uh, to try and get ready for the upcoming hearing. But we've also got tremendous uh, advocacy in the community and uh, elsewhere. Um, just recently, I've spoken to Larry Brock, the MP from Brantford. I've spoken to Dan Mize, the Hamilton Mountain MP. Uh, they're going to be in Ottawa uh, barking up a scream there for us, hopefully. And uh, we've got, uh, you know, my sister's been very busy uh, getting support and advocacy from the community and getting them to put in community statements. And I know, Roy, you've been an unbelievable advocate for us for 30-plus years, and uh, we can't thank you enough. Oh, it's anything I can do for your family. I've gotten to know quite a few members of your family over the years and you're a wonderful family and you're living under this terrible cloud and still concerned about Lovey being a danger to you. 
Uh, let's just look at this in a little bit of a compartmentalized structure here. So a parole hearing uh, took place on February 13th without you being there, without you being aware, and your victim's impact statements had to be in by the 15th. So they went ahead before you were um, required to have your victim's impact statements ready. They went ahead with the hearing for Lovey without you even being made aware. I mean, that, that just sounds... That just sounds bizarre, and it sounds alarming. Um, the the original um, the intent of that parole hearing, Roy, was to extend his uh, his day his day parole because it was about to expire. But in their in their decisions and some of the writings, there was some information that came out that just absolutely floored us. And uh, so that's where we are now: was trying to dig through all that information. And then we've, um, as of yesterday morning, I had to get on the uh, phone with the the uh, victims uh, uh, services to try and get our deadline extended, and we have no appeal, as you're aware. Um, uh, and, and by rights, they have no uh, right to extend that deadline for us. But uh, the individual that handles our case we went to her boss, and we were able to get new statements and submit them by March 1st. So that's been a big help to us, but. You know, digging through all the mountain of information we've received now is, is quite enlightening. Yeah, I, I read something. I mean, you sent me uh, the report from that, uh, the National Parole Board's review of Lovey, and he got he gets that, and probably the first one to get it, because it's addressed mm -hmm. to him. And uh, what, what I found particularly interesting is the National Parole Board uh, insists in that report that Lovey, who's been in prison for several decades, they insist that he has sufficient funds to live without employment. He, he gets, he receives old age security, which is an outrage, and that was not supposed to happen according to legislation passed in 2011. Well, he doesn't get it when he was in prison. Maybe when he was paroled, he got it. Not sure how that works now. But he, they said he has OAS and a small pension. So he's got, he has the, he has the funds, the wherewithal to live Reasonably comfortably, I suppose. How does that strike you? Well, it strikes us uh, terribly, Roy. There's uh, so many of us that um, are living day to day. Two people have to work in the household just to make ends meet. Uh, we have this offender that's never worked a day in his life. Um, but after some research today as well, we find out that every inmate that's been incarcerated for uh, 12, 12 consecutive months or more receive an inmate trust fund. So if they work, uh, you know, clearing snow or raking leaves or, for instance, Lovey worked at a golf course, he gets paid for that and goes in this trust fund. And when he is released or if he's ever released, he gets that trust fund after they take away certain things that he may owe for, um, which is not much because uh, the Correction Services Canada must supply him food, a warm place to live, a decent clothing, all of those of those things. So we're trying to get down to the bottom of why is he receiving this money? Where is it coming from? How's he got money to buy up? A house with his uh, so-called stepmother. You know, there's there's a lot of things that uh, we we have numerous questions regarding, and also his risk 
to reoffend and be into the community. Right now, this last parole board had that they stated that he has exhibited. Um, um, he is rated as a spousal, a spousal assault risk assessment. He is rated as high risk of violence towards a woman or partner. Mm. So after 30 some odd years, yeah. he yeah. has not taken any classes or done anything to, um, you know, better himself with his anger management. We've discussed this in the past too, Roy, that we're well aware and we were uh, aware of it very early in the first 2011 call hearing that uh, Levy has followed a, a path of integration um, at his own wishes. He has not uh, complied to the um, education um, that is educated, that is the uh, um, designed by Corrections Canada. And uh, so he's really followed a path as, as, of his own leisure and not one that has been uh, the direction of uh, uh, Corrections Canada. Don and Tannis Edwards are with us. Uh, Don's book, After the Game, Victim of Violence, um, is in, you're, you're still working on that, Don. That's a work in progress, right? Absolutely, because it's the stuff from the recent hearings that have to go in that book that is so uh, important, right? So I've seen your victims' impact statements. I've known your family for many years. Uh, I, I know from from you both how terribly disturbing it is for you. How the system has actually treated Lovey, and I've heard from family members of murder victims in the past. That when they go to the parole board, they're treated almost as uh, as a nuisance, as a, as a superfluous presence, and uh, I I, I kind of get the feeling that that's the way you're being treated. But your family is particularly important, adamant that Lovey must not be allowed to live or go to certain areas where he used to be. And, and tell us why that isn't. Do you think the parole board is actually going to pay attention and listen to you? Well, I, I think it's pretty simple, Roy. We're, we're, we're quite aware that he is, a, he is a threat. As recently, and I think we've talked about this briefly in the past, maybe privately, that at the most recent uh, parole board hearing, the last one we had, that we were all present, all the family was present, we learned that Lovey threatened to stab his caseworker. So... Um, you know the thought of 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 him um, killing someone or um, you know injuring them, uh, uh, harming them is still very much there. I mean, it's not gone away. And, and I find it very interesting the decision that came out February thirteenth. There's no mention of that of that uh, threat that he said to the case worker who was a woman. Um, so um, we've got to be aware of the threat this this individual. Uh, poses to us and uh, you know he knows where we are but we have no idea where he will be if he's granted full parole because the police will not be watching him that's that's correct um the police have indicated that wherever he goes if he is granted full parole he is uh deemed as a law-abiding citizen and there's no reason for them to follow him or have any concern for him 
because we've wondered what jurisdiction he would fall under, whether it was a city police, the OPP, how's he going to transfer supervision? He once had said that he would wear an anklet bracelet to travel. But the problem is no one's going to, we don't know who's monitoring it. So, I mean, it's all well and good on what he says is going to happen or what he wants to do. We just need the parole board to really take notice of this evil person and what it could do to everyone in the area that he's going. He's he's a risk to society in general. Do you it both just, do you, you both know. believe that the parole board actually pays close attention to and has um, real interest in your victims' impact statements and your presence and the and the points you've made repeatedly? through the board, or are you just, as some other victims, family members have said to me, just deemed to be uh, almost a nuisance? Yes. Uh, we are a nuisance, and more importantly that, Roy, I don't think Corrections Canada have the resources to follow them. Uh, they may imply that they are, but it's simply the fact remains that they do not. Um, that once he walks away from the institution, they have no way of monitoring his day-to-day whereabouts. Okay, what's the story now about Lovey and his stepmother? What, what's going on there? What, what, what can you tell? What can you tell us? Well, we know we do know this that she's quite a bit younger than what his father was, and his father has since passed away. She's quite a bit younger. We believe he's she's very similar to the same age as George Harding Lovey. Um, and you know, our stinks, instincts are are high that you know there's certainly maybe possibly a bit more of a relationship there um, than just support. Um, we have no way of knowing that, but you know, your instincts and your hair on your back gets up when uh, a stepmother that had very little to do with him because it was a, a second marriage of not many years uh, and really did not know uh, Lovey uh, when he was, uh, you know, when this, 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 this uh, crime was committed. So uh, we find it very interesting to, you know, um, you know, this whole bit. So there is a definite concern, and our, and our suspicions are high on this. Well, um, he will be uh, he's uh, asked for uh, another travel permit for February 28th through March 2nd. He left on January 8th was another date that he went to go and assist his mother-in-law in, or, sorry, his stepmother in finding um a place to live and now he's going out again we believe to do the same thing only probably um agree to whatever it is that she's choosing he's definitely building plans to uh, moving forward roy and and it is a concern to us so you're you're afraid your family's afraid of uh, george lovey um committing harm again or attempting to commit commit harm to the Edwards family, the extended Edwards family. What about the? Uh, what about your, your? Um, let's go with the federal representatives, your members of parliament. How are they? Uh, how are they responding? Well, when I spoke to Larry Brock this morning from Brantford, he had no idea um, that uh, George Harding Lovey was even uh, coming back to the area. He was going to speak to his uh, other regional reps. Uh, he was also going to speak to the mayor in Brantford, the the Brantford police, the chiefs. Of, of the Six Nations. Uh, so, you know, and then he was he's returning to Ottawa tomorrow. He's going to get an immediate uh, meeting with the justice minister 
later today, we will be forwarding. I've already revised my uh, victim impact statement. Tannis is working on hers now. Uh, those revised statements will be sent. We'll also be sending the decision that uh, based back to the February 8th, uh, 13th meeting okay. with the Parole Board of Canada. Don Tannis, we will, as we have done for years, we'll stay in touch and it's my honor to work with you and, and to know you. And uh, we'll, we'll find out where, where it goes. And um, yeah, um, you deserve protection. Your family deserves protection on the National Parole Board. Must take you seriously. Thanks for talking to us today. Right. Can I just add one thing to that, if you don't mind, right before we go up the air? I know you're tight. But can we certainly encourage, encourage the residents of all, all of the region yep. and your listeners to send uh, notices to the Parole Board of Canada, and you can go, they can go on their website, look for their email address, and send statements of support and advocacy for us. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.